Hello and welcome to Stuck in the 90s. We are your weekly nostalgia podcast chronicling the years 1990 through 1999. We're your hosts. My name is Chris Alfick. And I'm Connor Thompson. This week we are, I think this is episode three of the year. That is correct. Season two. We are bringing you January 15th through 23rd in 1998. We're going to just dive in right now with some news from this week. January 15th, The Secret World of Alex Mack aired its final episode today. I've never actually watched the show. Neither have I. I, I feel like it's alright. We I should we should start doing some homework. Yeah, we should, I mean, we need to start watching some stuff. We yeah. need to start watching shows. For sure. And like, I mean, some of the ones we haven't seen. I want to watch, um, I think it's my, my so-called life with Claire Danes and uh, Jared Leto. I saw a couple episodes back in the day. I think it's a real good, like, teen drama. Okay, I'm into that. Also today... To NFL, La La Land looks like Never Never Land. There are 17.6 billion reasons the NFL is in no hurry to return to Los Angeles. That's the number of dollars four networks committed to pay the NFL for television rights through the 2005 season. Whatever happened to the notion that networks would insist on a team in the LA area, the nation's number two market, before negotiating new contracts? The LA factor wasn't one, even for the two networks that do extensive business here, Fox and Disney. When it comes to acquiring an NFL franchise, it's clearer than ever that it's a seller's market. If Los Angeles is interested in buying, it must do a better job at selling itself to the NFL. And with that, the NFL never returned to LA, is what we'd be saying if we recorded earlier this week. Yeah. um, Because they're back. Yeah, the Chargers? Chargers are back? It's funny that you wrote this because they're the second LA team now. Because the Rams moved from St. Louis to LA. What so now there is that also football. Wait, what? Yeah. So now there are two NFL teams in Los Angeles. So there's the LA Chargers and the LA Rams. That this is like a New York Islanders, New York fucking Rangers thing going on. That is correct. Or that is confusing. Yeah. I don't know. Wouldn't because like there's so much shit around. Like, couldn't they call them like the Hollywood Rams or something? Yeah, they could. It's like, fucking... I don't think they're going to. Well, like, let's say uh, the 49ers and the Raiders, like Oakland is, is that not like it's basically just, adjacent? It's to... right across the bay. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, they could just, you know, push one over a little bit and call it, I don't know, the South. Oh, what about the South Central Rams? Oh, my God. The Compton Compton Rams. Rams. Wow. Yeah, that's it. You're welcome, NFL. All right, straight out of January 16th, two suspects are arrested in robbery at Trade Center. (laughs) Two of the three men suspected in stealing more than $1 million from security guards making a delivery in the World Trade Center have been arrested, law enforcement officials said yesterday, adding that they were closing in on the third suspect. Although it's unclear how suspects got past security at the twin skyscrapers to carry out the robbery Tuesday morning, an investigator said yesterday that it appeared that all three entered through the front door with at least two men flashing fake ID cards to the guards patrolling. The investigator who spoke on the condition of anonymity said that the inquiry was now focusing on how the robbery was planned and whether it was the work of someone who did not participate in the robbery itself but paid others to commit the crime. Hmm. Uh, which was actually the case. The person who did not participate in the robbery, aka the mastermind behind it, uh, was named Ralph Guarino and was later arrested and then became an FBI informant on the on a mafia family. That's so cool. It, it seems like a really cool heist. Like, I don't know how there hasn't been a movie about this. I love, there probably has been a movie about this. I love heists. I don't even think people should be charged with a crime because they're so interesting. If you, like, like, carry out the heist? If you carry out a heist. you kill a bunch of people? Well, no, don't. Yeah, okay. Well, you should be charged with, but just, just the heist. Like, if you carry out a heist and succeed or fail... 
but are willing to make it into a TV movie. No charges. You know what? Maybe the law will change to reflect that in the coming years. Yeah, maybe. January 17th, the Drudge Report breaks the story about US President Bill Clinton's alleged affair with Monica Lewinsky, which would lead to the House of Representatives impeaching him. Also on this date, perfect stars for stage. I hate this. This You could probably just skip this. It's just about dancing cats. We can't skip that. Um, this one's out of Moscow. Uh, with a flash of fur and <laughs> shiver of whiskers, the star of Moscow's Cat Theater take the stage for one of their many sold-out winter shows. There's a gasp of appreciation from the children and parents crowded into the little hall as the troop of trained felines begins its performance. Some cats climb poles, some, in striped sailor suits, walk tightropes. Others push toy trains, leapfrog over human backs, or balance atop tiny platforms. Cats are considered by many to be impossible to train, but the owner of these cats... Yuri Kulichev, Kulichev has made a living out of the impossible for two decades. This, okay, cat theater, new idea. We create a traveling cat theater and become filthy rich. I don't know how well that's going to work. Motherfuckers love cats. That, I mean, the I Instagram, love cats. The, the Instagram, Snapchat, like Facebook post value alone is wild. Yeah, I mean, look at this would make so much money now. I think this is still this might still be a thing, but only in Russia. This has got to be like maybe not exactly the coolest thing to be doing with a cat. Like, yeah, but if you like treat them really well, I I I feel bad enough for like grumpy cat being fucking paraded around the country. Like, yeah, it's true. Making like appearances and stuff. Like, I hope that cat gets the best food. Probably does get the best food. Yeah. Let's move on. Let's see what happened on January 18th. The 55th annual Golden Globe Awards were held today. Titanic won four awards. Do we want to take a look at any uh, at anything else? Uh, yeah, let's take a look at the winners. All right. For uh, Best Actor in a Drama, we've got Peter Fonda for, what is that, Yuli's Gold? Ooh. Best TV Series Drama, The X-Files. Nice. And Best TV Series Musical or Comedy, Allie McBeal. Oh, yeah. Allie McBeal's in there. Best Actress for a Drama, Judy Dench. Jack Nicholson got uh, Best Actor for As Good As It Gets, but nominated was Jim Carrey for Liar Liar. Really? That's pretty great. I loved Liar Liar. I did too. I'm kicking my ass. Let's let's leave it on a high note. Actually, one thing I want to mention is best actor in a musical or comedy series. Michael J. Fox won for Spin City. That's pretty great. I didn't like he's against Kelsey Grammer, John Lithgow, Paul Reiser, and Seinfeld. That's pretty great. Good I know. for you, Michael That's J. Fox. That's a huge accomplishment. January 19th, 700,000 Canadians still lack power after storm. This one is out of Toronto. More than 280,000 Canadian homes and businesses, about 700,000 people, remained without power Sunday despite massive efforts by an army of workers to repair the devastating effects of the country's worst ice storm in living memory. Do you remember this? I don't really remember this. I looked at a map. I think we may have been relatively unaffected by it. It looked like it was a lot of it was Kingston North, kind of. Yeah, I I remember the ice storm, but I mostly remember watching news reports. Yeah, about like it. we probably didn't lose power. I mean, even in two thousand three, we had power during that massive blackout. Listeners, keep in mind that we live in Niagara Falls, and all the power plus, comes from here. Yeah, all the power comes from here. It was actually worse in Quebec. Two hundred and fifty-two thousand customers were waiting to be reconnected. Uh, an official at the Hydro Quebec utility station uh, said that many would remain without power for a third week that is a fuck three, amount of time three weeks no power oh that's yeah that's crazy and like uh, that's like that's gotta affect some people's heating i'm sure a lot of people are on natural gas but yeah. like some people might not have had heat which yeah. at least they don't have to worry about like food going bad in the fridge they can just you know open the fridge but that's still kind of fucked yep oh you know what's even more fucked 
January 20th, Nepalese police intercept a shipment of 272 human skulls in Kathmandu. Jesus. That is really weird. That is fucked. You know what is not weird? Dawson's Creek premiered today. Significantly less creepy. Significantly less. I'm sure there, there's, there, there had to be like someone creeping around the creek though. Probably. Yeah, I haven't watched Dawson's Creek. Pacey. Pacey with a goatee. Is that a character from the show? I don't know if Pacey ever had a goatee, but I would imagine that that guy would look like a creep with a goatee. I don't want to wait for our lives to be over. You know what was a thing in, up and coming thing in the 90s? Bottled water. Oh no. Here's an article. Now liquid gold comes in bottles. Marketers find a no frills rival to soda. A bottle of water instead of a Coke. It sounds downright un-American. But that's what Bonnie Nettles chooses all the time. I am not a pop drinker, declares Mrs. Nettles, a clothing store owner from Rock Rapids, Iowa, who also has pretty much given up coffee. I decided to drink more water a few years ago, and there are millions more like her. Over the last year or so, bottled water has come into its own as an emerging alternative to soft drinks, complete with a national distribution, heavy marketing, and even a price war. This is just water. No sparkle... No fizz, no flavoring, and no guarantee that it's greatly different from what comes out of your tap. And obviously, like there was a long period of time where everyone thought that bottled water was distilled or in some way superior superior to tap water. And in recent years, that's been entirely debunked. So fuck bottled water. Oh yeah, I will go out of my way to find a water fountain. I yeah. do not like buying bottled water. The only time I've really bought bottled water, I think, in recent history, was like when going to music festivals. Yeah, uh, yeah, I've and been music even uh, even last year when we were at Way Home, all I did was buy a single large jug of water yep. that I just refilled at one of the water stations a bunch of times. That said, though, what is your water preference? You're at a corner store; they have every bottle of water. What's the one you're grabbing? I'll tell you mine first. And I know, I know it's tap water. Mine is Aquafina. That's probably better than what I'm going to say because I am drinking. I hate, th- I hate that I'm saying this, guys. Oh, no. I want to change. Is it I Fiji? Want... No. God, no. I wish it was Fiji. Okay. It's fucking Nestle. Oh, no. That's the worst one. That's the worst. It's the devil in a bottle. I won't buy it. That's good. You have more, like, moral constitution than I do, at least when it comes to bottled water. I am actually judging you right now. I, I'm not proud. Like, did you see my reluctance to even say that? I did, but you still said it. Well, I'm not, I'm not, I'm there's, not lying. I'm not still pulling time. the wool over. I, exactly. You, this, you can I've, change. I've admitted I have a problem. Now I can change. This is, you know, hi, my name is Chris Elphick and I drink Nestle Pure Life. Oh. That being said, this was like eight months ago that I bought anything like that. I drink bottled water. I mean, I drink water out of a tap into a reusable bottle every day all right january 21st resident evil 2 came out for the playstation today that was a big game we also found a story called dope she won the simpsons house but it's too far from home a kentucky woman would love to keep the abode made to look just like the one on the tv show problem is it's in nevada when it comes to contests lady luck has smiled a lot on barbara howard grandmother of 13 who has 13 grandchildren i mean in theory she had one children and that child pumped him out. Probably. Realistically. No. Realistically something in the middle. Yeah. She's a retired factory worker and 
inveterate contest participant from Richmond, Kentucky. Her recent winnings include a diamond earrings, a go-kart, and a washing machine. But she kept two of those. Like, one of these things is not like the other. I I love this article. But cowabunga! Previous prizes pale beside the jackpot Howard won in mid-December, a full-size living color replica of the house Bart Simpson and his animated television sitcom family call home. (laughs) Quote, Honey, I'd give my eye teeth to pick up and move there. What the fuck is an eye tooth? I have no idea, but my family being in the shape it's in, I can't, Howard said after flying west just uh, before Christmas to inspect the house. It was first prize in a promotion sponsored by Fox Broadcasting, Pepsi Cola, and California-based home builder Kaufman and Broad. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. And I, I I remember the contest, I think. I was pretty bummed out that, you know, being, what, 10 and Canadian, I could not enter it. I think instead she was able to claim a $75,000 prize. Okay. Which is not bad. Not bad at all. Yeah, but Simpsons House. Simpsons House would have, I mean, st- like all those bright is, colors and do you stuff. Have to, is it that she had to move in? You Yeah, you'd have to move into the house. You have to live there? Probably yeah. for like a year or two or five maybe? I mean, you just it's a free house. Yeah, but at what point are the contest like rules adhered to and then you can just sell the house? That's a good question. Right? Yeah. Um, okay, so let's dive into movies and music. This one we're going to do a little bit differently. So for the movies portion, we want to talk about two. One we all know and love and another that no one's ever heard of but is definitely probably worth talking about. Maybe someone's heard of it. I Maybe. Let's start with that one. This is in the number 11 spot at the box office this week, opening with $2 million, a good almost half of what it's going to make in its entire box office run. <laughs> We're talking about a little movie called Star Kid. Star Kid. It sounds bad. It does. <laughs> this is a little movie starring the kid from, uh, from Jurassic Park. Do you remember, like, the... like The boy? Tim- yeah, I think his name was Timmy in Jurassic Park, wasn't it? I think so. I don't know. Brief plot synopsis. Spencer Griffith is a shy 7th grader and 12-year-old boy. Spencer's life changes when a mysterious meteorite crashes into a nearby junkyard. Investigating the site, he finds that the meteorite is actually a small rocket containing a cyber suit, a prototype exoskeletal suit, with AI, bracket, short for artificial intelligence. Oh, God. It's not common knowledge in 1998. Probably not. From another galaxy. Hilarity ensues. He tries on the suit. Fucks shit up, I imagine. Such as getting back at a school bully, Turbo, and rescuing Michelle and her friends from a damaged Ferris wheel. Question. Is Turbo the most 90s word? It was everywhere. Possibly. Sega had a Turbo button. Yep. Obviously, Turbo Man had a... Well, Turbo Man was that, that was those were not real dolls. I know, but Jingle All the Way is a classic '90s Christmas movie. That is that is true. Turbo Man. Uh, Turbo that. is a super '90s word. It was everywhere. It is Turbo a Power Rangers movie? Power Rangers Turbo. Yeah, yeah, that was a thing. Uh, how's this movie end? Who cares? Uh, oh, maybe so, we'll watch the movie. Yeah, we should watch the movie. That'd be terrible. Yeah, I I think. I can't come up with a bold face claim for this, but if something stupid happens, we should just live stream us watching this movie on like on our Facebook. Oh, I like that. We'll come up with some terms and we'll get back to you next week. Okay, so it's January 98. Obviously, Titanic is in the number one spot. We're not going to tell you what the movie is because you already know. But it's instead, Titanic. we will read you some interesting trivia about Titanic, but actually interesting. Uh, the first one we laughed about was... 
After finding out that she had to be naked in front of Leonardo DiCaprio, Kate Winslet decided to break the ice and when they first met, she flashed him. How did that conversation go? Oh, hi, Leo. I'm Kate. Boom. I don't Was know. That like, it? Do you think there was any kind of preamble? Like, oh, have you read the script? Do you see that nude scene? Well, let's get this out of the way. Maybe. Here's my genitals. <laughs> hey, Leo, do you like genitals? Because I've got some. Jesus. Um, Paramount had to send out replacement reels to theaters who had literally worn out their copies. That's crazy. I mean, I guess, like, this was showing for months. I oh, didn't yeah. see it until probably, like, February or March in 98. That yeah. makes sense. Obviously, it was shown all the time. Yeah, I mean, if it's showing, like, three, four times a day for months... I guess that I has it. an effect on the film stock. Makes sense. I don't know. I'm not a projectionist. Yeah. Uh, in the scenes where the water comes crashing into the Grand Staircase room, the filmmakers only had one shot at it because the entire set and furnishings were going to be destroyed in that shot. So knowing James Cameron today, this would all be CGI, right? Oh, yeah. James, like, I think any other competent director would... like CGI had its huge ramp up in the 90s and 2000s. And now is kind of gracefully being used as an effective tool in a lot of things, but hopefully not overdone on a huge budget Hollywood movie. Anyone else probably would do it practically. Probably. James Cameron is a would crazy person. Probably CGI it. Okay, two more things. Uh, the first is reportedly James Cameron spoke to and personally provided each of the extras, at least 150 of them, with names and backstories of Titanic passengers. That's cool. That's like really that. cool. That's dedication to your craft. Oh, yeah. And, like, I would just love to know that. Like, how how many films are you the extra and you're just like, okay, who are you? Stand over there. Just, I'm getting a coffee. Like, yeah. I'm waiting in line for a coffee. And this is like, no, my name is, like, James Redford. I come from Sussex. I am traveling to Denver, Colorado after I make my stop at fucking New York. Yeah, it's a whole big thing. Yeah. Uh, last one. The studios wanted Matthew McConaughey to play Jack, but James Cameron insisted on Leonardo DiCaprio. My only question. Probably a good call. How does McConaughey work in a plug for Lincoln? Is it the style of engine in the ship? I think it's the, it's the, it's the iceberg. Icebergs. I can't do a Matthew McConaughey impression, by the way. Go for it. They say you can just see the tip of an iceberg, but there's a lot more under the surface, just like the new Lincoln MKX. There's a lot more under the hood. Yeah. That's it. Wow. Lincoln, we await your phone call. Let's, uh, let's talk about some music. Yeah, let's do it. All right. What's, uh, ooh, eh. albums, top 10 albums of now. Number one, Let's Talk About Love by Celine Dion. Let's not. Yeah. Sevens by Garth Brook. Nope. Let's skip. Tub Thumper by Chumbawamba is at number three. Name me one other song featuring, on that album. <laughs> well, Tub Thumping. Tub Thumping, yeah. But I mean, it's good enough. That carries an entire album. Remember, it's the 90s. You need th two, three songs max, and you've got a good album. Jesus. I'm not lying. Yeah, like, you're it's... not wrong. Number four, Harlem World by Mace. Whatever happened to Mace? I have no idea. Fell off face of the earth. And at number five, You Light Up My Life, Inspirational Songs Ooh, by Leanne Rhymes. Leanne Rhymes. I love Leanne Rhymes. I don't know if this was good. Uh, moving down the list. Come On Over by Shania Twain was on there. I'm not a fan, but lots of people are. Yeah. Like a year ago. I think I may have said this on the podcast like sometime last year. I saw like what couldn't have been more than like a 16 year old wearing a Shania Twain tour t-shirt. She's still popular. That's weird. Uh, Matchbox 20 
Yourself or Someone Like You is at number seven. Oof. No Way Out by Puff Daddy at number eight. Number nine and ten <laughs> are fantastic. <laughs> They're albums. And we've got Backstreet Boys by the Backstreet Boys, their self-titled album at number nine. You, on might, its all, way up. you might all be vaguely familiar. Yes. And at number ten, we've got Aquarium by Aqua, the best the, Aqua album. The best and only Aqua album. There are three Aqua albums. Allegedly. There's one and it's this one. I mean, Aquarius... Aquarius is not... Aquarius has like two good songs. This... You know what I just said about 90s albums only needing like two or three good songs? Yeah. This has like two or three not good songs. Okay, so what's this guy? Obviously it has Barbie. It has Barbie. Barbie Girl I put as one of the not good songs. Really? Yeah. Uh, Dr. Jones. Dr. Jones. My Oh My. Yeah. Turn Back Time. Calling You. Um, What's that other one? There's another big Candyman. one. Candyman. Candyman. And obviously obviously Barbie Girl. <sighs> There's a couple other ones there. That's, it doesn't matter. It's a good album. Weird thing about the Backstreet Boys. And by weird thing, I mean they retweeted a picture of themselves morphing into a Linksys router and back. It was just an animated GIF, and they retweeted it. So big up to the Backstreet Boys for kind of just keeping it real. Yeah, that's yeah. that's good. I like that. Yeah, a couple other things. 13, Spice World, and 18, Spice by the Spice Girls. Jump up just a little bit to 17. We've got Big Willie style. Nothing... And I feel like you'll want to mention number 20. <laughs> How do I even pronounce that? Fush Is it Fush Mang? Mang? I don't know. By Smash Mouth? I found a SoundCloud link online and I sent it to Chris of All Star sung in C and it is so stressful. It, it was rough to watch. It's I I only got halfway through it. I couldn't listen to the whole it's, thing. It's so cringy. Somebody once told me the like it's like it's it's high. It's not. Oh, it never comes down. It's not okay. Yeah. Uh, I, there's other one. There's other Smash Mouth things of All Star that I haven't even sent you. There is Smash Mouth All-Star in alphabetical order. So all the words are cut and sorted <laughs> alphabetically. Oh my God. And then I think there is All-Star, but every time the word the is said, mm -hmm. the B-movie trailer gets faster. So it cuts to the B-movie trailer and then cuts back. And then the next time they say the... It's the B-movie trailer twice as fast. Oh, my God. This goes on for, like, ten minutes. That's gross. Oh, God. All right. Let's That's music. Let's go on to 90s news now. This is a weird one. So... Remember Clerks? Yeah. It's back. In trading card form. So, Upper Deck, which is, I would think, still the most popular trading card company in the world. They do all the sports cards. Oh, yeah. Upper Deck is introducing Clerks trading cards. Are they two decades too late? No, they are coming at a fantastic time. I almost want to buy a box of these because... I'm not going to buy a box. I'll buy a pack. I'll buy a pack. Yeah. I'll buy a pack. I mean, in 1990, well, let's say let's, let's say two decades. In 1997, how many people are buying clerks trading cards? Probably a few. Yeah, well, trading but, cards were... Yeah, they were pretty Super popular. Then. I'm just saying I would not have had the money... To be shelling out for Clerks trading cards in 1997. Clerks didn't mean as much to me when I was nine years old as it does now. Clerks? Well, I, I think I saw it for the first time when I was like 11 or 12. Yeah, I think I was like grade seven or eight, maybe. But I was blown away by it. It was a really good movie for like, you know, the up and coming teenager. <laughs> the up and coming retail worker. Ugh. Hey, it was me too. Yeah. Clerks yeah. trading cards. I'm going to buy some. Oh, yeah. I want to buy we, a we, pack of 37. We, wait, what? I want to buy a pack of 37. 
a pack of 37. Yeah. There are 37 cards in a pack? There should be, but there's not. Oh, there's not going to be. That'd be great, there won't. though. It'll probably be a That'd be such a thick pack. I know, but it would be worth it for the joke. It would be. Oh, man. All right, let's get into this week on. You should you should go for it. All right. Every week on the uh, show, we pick an episode of Seinfeld. You know what? We've picked, like, one episode of Friends. So I'm just going to say... On this week on, we pick an episode of Seinfeld or The Simpsons. Once in a while, we Boom. throw friends or maybe something else in there. This week, there was no uh, there was no Simpsons this week, actually. No. So we've got Seinfeld, Season 9, Episode 12, The Reverse Peephole. This is such a good I episode. I love this one. Jerry, George, Elaine, and Putty get invited to Joe Mayo's party. Elaine throws Putty's fur coat out the window. <laughs> Kramer and Newman put reverse peepholes uh, so they can see if anyone is in their apartment before entering. The super tries to evict Newman, but Kramer sticks up for him. Newman begins a secret love affair with the super's wife, and Kramer <laughs> gets worried. Newman finds Putty's fur in a tree, and George winds up paying for a massage chair because his back is tweaked from his fat wallet. Jerry carries a purse and wears fur to fool the super and gets robbed on the street. This is a great episode. It's European! <laughs> when Newman finds the fur coat in the tree. That's so good. He oh, man. It. All right. Classic episode. It is a classic episode. 90 spotlight for this week. We're going to keep it relatively short. Just our our thoughts. Like this one we're lining up with real world events. So, yeah. as I'm sure you're all aware, uh Nintendo did their whole introduction of the Switch. So, we know it's a pseudo handheld system also at home. There are only a couple titles a coming out on release. It's got a weird dock. If you want an extra one, it's 90 fucking dollars, for, which is for insane. A, essentially a dongle. For 2017 a dongle. is the year of the fucking dongle. Year of the fucking dongle. It's the year of the USB-C breakout dongle. I told a friend that I would not buy a new Mac because of their whole dongle situation, and he was actually taken aback. Really? That that would stop me. I said the same thing about the iPhone 7. I don't want to have to have a fucking dongle to use headphones. I mean... I, I love USB Type-C. It it's is so neat. One of my favorite things. It's the coolest. But you could throw a couple ports on there. You, like, like for the Switch, it makes Shit. perfect sense. For Absolutely. the Switch, having only a USB Type-C and then just popping it in the dock and then having your HDMI out and your USB it and sure power Sure, it doesn't in, need to be $90. It That's really doesn't off. need to be $90. But if it's, if it, I feel like there'll be knockoffs and that'll be awesome. So this week's 90 Spotlight is love knockoffs. Right. Is on Nintendo as a console gaming powerhouse. So in nineteen ninety eight, that's when the N sixty four was in its prime. It oh had yeah, been out for right a couple in the years. Middle of its life. Yeah. I think this was the year Perfect Dark came out. I believe that was I a think 98 so, game. because uh ninety seven would have been the precursor to that Goldeneye. Goldeneye for sure. Yeah. And Goldeneye was magic wrapped up in a fucking game cartridge. And like Nintendo had a bunch of titles that were not nintendos like they had you know jet force gemini they had well obviously with perfect dark that was a rare game, i think it was it? rare yeah. yeah there were other studios doing work like nintendo was not this kind of insular thing it was competing that's and true competing really well and it also helped that at the time one of the only competing consoles was the playstation and the playstation uh, one wasn't great sega would have still been around at the time yeah and for the most part things were cross-developed by third-party developers for all all things yeah if you wanted to get a relatively popular game you could get it on sega you could get it on playstation you could get it on nintendo 
Uh, yeah, the nowadays, exclusivity wasn't really a thing. It, there were still the first party titles, but they were there. They were there weren't too many. There were mm. the Mario titles on Nintendo. Yeah, there like was Pokemon Stadium. Yeah, I mean there were first party things like that, like Pokemon, like yeah. Mario. Sega had Sonic, of course, and PlayStation had Crash Bandicoot. Yep. Yeah. Also, they're redoing Crash Bandicoot. They're redoing Crash Bandicoot. Oh, yeah. That's I lost the ability to speak English for that's a moment. That's the thing. That should have been on 90s news now. That really should have been. That's hey, a, we're that's sticking the thing. that in there now. Throwing it in. So let's just let's take a minute to fondly remember what Nintendo used to be because now they're taking this kind of crap and they're jamming it down your throat. And like the Wii U didn't sell particularly well. Mm. It's gone now. The Switch is coming out. I'm very concerned. And I am excited for it. And but I th- want to be excited. The thing is, one of the reasons we are excited for it isn't because of its like mind-boggling, groundbreaking gaming performance. No. It's because we want to play Mario. It's because we want to play something that's Pokemon. And if you've been into Zelda. Nintendo recently... Oh yeah, Breath of the Wild looks it fucking looks unreal. It looks phenomenal. And... Have you played Splatoon? It's pretty fucking Splatoon's great. Splatoon's very fun. Yeah. I, oh, God. Like, like, I, don't I, like, I don't like shooters, but I Splatoon might, is so fun. I might end up buying this in a year. I could see myself buying it maybe next Christmas or something. But it just looks like Nintendo's making the same mistakes it's for over the fir- it, You're buying it for first party things. You're buying yeah. it for Mario. You're buying it for Zelda. You're buying it for Splatoon. M- Nintendo- you're not buying it for NHL 17. Right. You're not buying it for Call of Duty. Anything like that. Halo. Well, obviously. Yeah. Nintendo, just make a a Pokemon MMORPG and take all of my money. I don't need it. Yeah. I mean, it'll be really interesting to see where Nintendo is at in another decade, if they will still be making consoles or if they'll have gone the route of Sega. And it looks like they're kind of moving to mobile too, right? They are. We've got Super Mario Run that just dropped for the iPhone, uh, hopefully coming to Android soon. Yeah. And obviously Pokemon Go in collaboration with Niantic. I'm still playing Pokemon Go. I still just, do just an every now and again. Oh, just an update for your listeners. I am still pretty hard into Pokemon Go. Last weekend, I went on a I went on a, a gym taking spree. It was pretty fun. It was a pretty fun way to spend a Saturday night. If you're a loser like me. All right. Well, that is the '90s spotlight. I don't think I don't think that makes you a loser. You found an activity you like to do. You went out and you did it. And when you had time to do it, we're goddamn adults. We can yeah. play Pokemon whenever the fuck we want. We have a podcast on the '90s. We sure Speaking do. Of which, stuck in the '90s is oh. brought to you by something, possibly fictional, possibly real. I don't remember what we said. So Connor. wow, you were really padding for time. I've got the phone in front of me. I thought you were just looking at the screen. Stuck nope. in the '90s. This week is brought to you by leaded gasoline. Yeah, that's right. Once upon a time, gasoline used to come with the option of having lead in it. This was to prevent something called engine knocking. It also helped increase the longevity of engine parts. Uh, so when you went to the gas station, there were two separate pumps, leaded or not. Remember, when this engine's a knocking, don't come a rockin'. Wow. That's why it, it during the time of leaded gasoline, rock and roll music was specifically banned in automobiles. I'm lying. Connor, back to the truth. <laughs> so uh, we were talking about this. I mentioned using leaded gasoline to Chris as a, a sponsor for this episode. And he thought that. Leaded- I thought it was done. Yeah. I thought it was like done by the early oh, 80s. And I swore I remembered seeing this at gas stations. I it did. It turns out. But that- I thought it was just a really 
old gas station. Yeah, maybe they just they like, just hadn't changed the pumps. It was yeah. just here's here's a pump that says leaded that hasn't been used in 15 years. Leaded gasoline wasn't banned in the U.S. until 1995. That is crazy. I'm pretty sure we all knew lead was bad for us oh, years well before, before that. that, but it was still used in cars, being burnt and thrust out into the atmosphere well into this decade that we do the podcast about delicious also as a sidebar i i mentioned that i very specifically remembered like shows like roseanne and that sort of thing referring to coffee like regular and decaf as leaded or non and how i always thought that was funny i thought it was when you told this to me i just looked at you so straight you looked at me you looked at me like i was a piece of shit i mean (laughs) for thinking that that was funny i'm like (laughs) this is a joke this is he said this is a joke like four or five times he did not believe that like i still think it's funny if i'm at a restaurant and someone orders a decaf coffee i will ask for my coffee leaded and chuckle and usually the waitress chuckles along or waiter but is that like nowadays i are they just chuckling for a tip maybe they're just chuckling because like here's the thing in the service industry when someone says something and you have no fucking clue what they're talking about you chuckle you chuckle. Yeah, you give him a chuckle. Yeah. yeah. I've dug myself some holes by doing that. Well, yeah. But it's the easiest thing to do. Oh. We would like to thank Leaded Gasoline for, for not, not existing, existing anymore. anymore. Yeah. yeah, that's Because that's really <laughs> fucked up. It's really fucked. Oh, man. So, uh, you can find us online at stuckinthe90spodcast.com. If you want to be a $10 sponsor, we'll give you a 15 to 30 second shout out. Usually it's a minute or two because we yak on about it. Uh, you can email us at stuck in the 90s podcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram, stuck in the 90s podcast, our uh, Facebook page, stuck in the 90s podcast. On Twitter, we're sit 90s, S I T 90s. I tweeted this week. Chris did tweet this week. I like that tweet. I forget what I tweeted. I tweeted the week before. Yeah, we are getting check out back, our Twitter. We're getting back into the social media game. The coloring book stuff is almost done for now, kind of. At It'll, least enough to the point where we can focus back on the podcast a little bit more. A little bit more. We might be starting up another project. It's a whole thing. We'll tell you more about it later. Otherwise, the podcast... Oh, wait, no, hold on. No, the podcast is the not podcast over. The podcast is not over yet, because going on? next week... Is oh, January twenty yeah. second to twenty eighth, nineteen ninety four. Yeah, we uh we forgot the wheel again, so we just yeah we're, we just we're, came up with that. We're one. planning stuff. Yeah, for now. All right, the podcast is is now, now over. over.